0: hi everyone welcome to the understand the bible podcast if you had to pick one word to sum up the christian life which word would it be in this passage from galatians paul chooses a word which i think would be quite unusual i don't think many people would choose this word and yet it is very important and that word is freedom We're going to think about what it means as we go through the passage, it's Galatians chapter 5 verses 1 to 12, and you might like to have a look at the passage before you uh, listen to the sermon. Just to remind you uh, once again that there is more content available on the Understand the Bible YouTube channel, and uh, sadly um, some of the content isn't suitable for the podcast, which is why there's just the sermons, but I'm currently working on a series called How to Live as a Christian, and this week we thought about service, uh, serving others and you might like to have a look at that or perhaps recommend that to someone who you think might be interested. Maybe share it with others in your church or small group just one more thing to say which is if you would like to uh, support understand the bible financially then you're able to do that now through patreon i've set up a patreon account and it's ready to use it's patreon.com forward slash understand the bible and the link will be down in the description below as will all of the other descriptions and it really is very much appreciated all of your support listening and subscribing and everything it just um, yeah uh, really makes a difference so thanks so much everyone i hope that you enjoy and god bless well if you had to pick one word to sum up the christian life what would that word be love, love? well that's a good one and um, and that's something actually which we'll will be thinking a little about a bit about um, today and through the rest of Galatians. It's very important. But the word which which Paul uses here is freedom. That's the word that Paul uses to sort of sum up uh, the Christian life, freedom. And I wonder if that's actually a word that would have come to you, that you would have thought about when it came to, to Christianity. It's interesting, isn't it, that freedom and, and thinking about freedom has actually become quite an important thing over the last few months. You know, We've been talking about it, thinking about it uh, a lot. Um, and, and we might be thinking, well, how are, how are Christians uh, free? You know, what, uh, what, what does that mean? Well, let's look into that uh, in this passage. Because Paul begins, he says, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. So what he is saying is that, as we've seen several times over the past few weeks, that the law is slavery. The law is slavery. That's what Paul has been, uh, has been saying all the way through. And that Christ sets us free for freedom that Christ has set us free. And he sets us free from slavery to the law. And then um, Paul goes on. He says what may seem to us like very hard words. He says, mark my words. I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. So presumably, the people who were coming in, who were um, throwing them into confusion, he's mentioned them a few times, and he, he mentions uh, them again in this passage. They have been, they've been saying, you need to obey the whole law. You need, including the Lord Moses, you need to be circumcised. And circumcision was often a sort of um, shorthand way of referring to, um, to the whole law. You know, the, the, the difference between the circumcised and the uncircumcised. That's how the the Jewish people of the day refer to themselves and to the Gentiles. And Paul says, if you go under that law again, Christ will be of no value to you. That's how important uh, he says it was. It it will be as as if Jesus was of no value to you at all. Why is that? Why does he say that? As he goes on, he says again... I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is required to obey the whole law. That's what Paul's saying. That if you you try to achieve righteousness by the law, then you have to do it all. You can't have a little bit of righteousness by the law and the rest by Jesus. It has to be all or nothing. Either... Jesus or the law. You can't have a bit of righteousness by the law and a bit of righteousness by Jesus. You can't mix and match. It's not a pick and mix. It is either the law or Jesus. That's that is the choice that we have. And so he says, "You have been. Um, uh, you're trying to be justified by the law. Have been alienated from Christ. You've fallen away from grace." They're mutually exclusive. If you try to be justified by the law, you've fallen away from grace. You're you're no longer depending on Jesus and upon the grace of God. And instead, he says, it's actually through the Spirit that we eagerly await, by faith, the righteousness for which we hope. That, That righteousness is something that God gives to us and it's something which is given through Christ by the Holy Spirit. And it's something which As we all experience and we know that none of us right now have got that that perfect righteousness kind of in ourselves, that we're clothed with the righteousness of Christ, but that in ourselves that, you know, we still sin, don't we? We still do wrong things. We still have evil desires. But we hope in the expectation that one day we will be given that, that inner righteousness where we will desire to do what is right. And we'll think more about that um, in a couple of weeks. And so um, he says in Christ Jesus and this is I think the key verse the really key verse neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. It's not about the external things like that. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. And I think those are five words which sum up the Christian life. Faith expressing itself through love. And that is what I think the Christian life is all about. This is what Paul is saying. It's faith expressing itself through love. And he's going to expand on that through the, rest of, uh, through the rest of Galatians, expand on what it means. This is actually the first time that he mentions love. So it's, it's funny that you, you mentioned that uh, a moment ago because um, Paul uh, goes on to talk a lot about love. The rest of the, through the rest of this letter. But this is the first time he brings it in. So, in um, he, he, this final paragraph, he, he focuses back on the false teachers. And he says, you were running a good race. They were going on well with God and in the grace of God. So he says, well, who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? You know, when someone um, cuts in on you, and um, you see this sometimes, I mean, it happens in the car sometimes, isn't it? But also in races, uh, I remember, I think I was watching the Olympics um, a few years ago and there was a race and someone um, got a bit too close in, in the other lane and a runner kind of fell over because they were trying to avoid them. And, and you know, that, that's kind of the picture here. You know, being cut in on when you're running a race. So uh, being unable to keep running. And he says that kind of persuasion doesn't come from the one who calls you. It doesn't come from God. Um, and this is, this is what he's saying, that, that false teachers, they need to, to resort to, to wrong kinds of persuasion. And they, um, instead of encouraging the, the Galatians in their love for the Lord, and in their, in their love, and in their Christian walks, which they were growing in, Instead, they cut in on them and say, no, it's all wrong. You need to be doing doing this instead. And Paul says, no, that's not how how, uh, preachers and teachers of the Bible, not how people who who love the Lord should operate. That actually, um, you know, sometimes we need to correct, but it should always be done with love and should always be done to encourage people in the right direction rather than cutting in on them. And Stopping them, if you like, um, and so it's, it's important, really. I just thought you now how we are matters as much as, as what we say. You know, that it's this is one of the problems that we sometimes have in the church that you know it's easy to, to say things morally speaking. For example, oh, I think um, um, I don't know um, some, of the, some of the things going on in society at the moment when it comes to, let's say, drunkenness, for example. Um, you know, condemn that without love, and and we need to be loving in the way that we, we speak, don't we? Uh, at every point, which is very very hard. Um, but um, these these false teachers were had no seemingly no concern for that at all. Um, and then he says, "Look, I'm confident you'll take no other view. Whoever's throwing you to, into confusion, whoever that is, will have to pay the penalty." And he doesn't say what the penalty is. But perhaps he's he's referring to the final judgment that actually those who have misled people are the ones who bear a great deal of responsibility for that. And um, he says he just finishes off by saying, uh, "If I'm still preaching circumcision, why am I being persecuted?" And if Paul's saying, "If I agree with them, why are they persecuting me?" You know, this is actually I'm preaching the cross, which is the offense. And that's always what the offence should be, the offence of the cross, not the offence of of other things. Um, And I I think we can sometimes add to the offence of the cross, Um, can't we? a little bit. Um, For example, um, if... uh, Someone comes in who is dressed in a, in a way which is, you know, different to the way that we typically dress. And, you know, you think of these teenagers who come wearing all, all black or everything and the makeup and everything. And, and, and you think, well, that, that's how we dress this isn't part of the gospel, isn't it? But sometimes we do, by the way that we, we act, make, almost make it part of the gospel. But Paul's saying you know, that the offense of the cross. That's what, that's what should be the offensive thing. The need for us to repent and believe in Jesus that 's the, the the offensive thing about Christianity, and it, this this final verse I mean this is probably the strongest um, sort of thing that Paul says in the whole of the the New Testament. As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves, um, and you think, oh gosh Paul, you know it 's a bit strong isn 't it it 's a little bit hard um, but I think the lesson is for us that sometimes sometimes strong language and words are appropriate. Obviously done out of concern for the Galatians. But you find that, don't you? And you find that with children. Sometimes with children you need to raise your voice, you need to use strong language. And sometimes with, um, with people, if, someone is, if you see a friend who's going off in the wrong direction... Do you just say very gently, I think you're going in the... Or do you, do you, you know, try harder to try and get them to, to listen? And so sometimes it is appropriate to, um, to, to use this kind of language, um, but not, not kind of in an insulting way, just in a, in a loving, in a, a concerned way. So let's think, let's think then, as we come to, um, come to the end of this, let's just think about what we can learn about about uh, what Paul says, particularly thinking about slavery and freedom. It's that contrast, isn't it, between the law and slavery and Christ and freedom. And that's just what we had last week. So the law, under the law, Paul says the law is slavery. And that means that we're not free. We're not free. We have to do X, Y and Z. uh, uh, Or you are not saved. Where does the focus come under the law? The focus is actually on our own efforts, isn't it? Because if we, are, if we are focused on obedience to the law, then we're focused on ourselves and our own efforts. And usually it's a focus on not doing something to someone else. You know, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not commit adultery. So we focus on holding back. And that's the problem with the law, that it puts the focus on ourselves and on our obedience rather than actually um, loving others. And that is the problem with, which is why Paul says the law is slavery. Perhaps it's about a fear of punishment. And perhaps it's a, a, a desire to feel like we are righteous in ourselves. And we all have that, sadly, we all have that desire, don't we, for self-righteousness. Um, Now, can you recognise that attitude? Because I I hope that you can see, as I've been talking, that we all, to some extent, have this attitude. Now, we we all want to say, look, just give me some rules, I can obey the rules, and then I know where I am. We all want rules, really, don't we? But what Paul says is actually Christ has set us free for freedom. Now, what does that look like? What it means is that our desires are transformed by the Holy Spirit. It means that he changes what we want. So instead of trying to control us by by the law, actually the Holy Spirit changes us in a very different way and changes what we want to do. So rather than imposing rules, it's actually about changing, changing us to love. And it means that that, the motivation is love. Because we receive God's love in giving us his grace, not because we deserve it, but because of his grace, that love is then given to others. And it's, it's it's a cycle of love. You know, we receive God's love. We give that love to others. And that is what Paul says the gospel is about. And this is what we're going to be looking at in the coming final weeks as we, finish off, as we finish off Galatians. Now, I appreciate, just before we finish, I just want to say one, one question you might have is, but if we've got freedom, does that not mean that we're free to sin or to do the wrong thing? And you think, well, surely the, we've got to have the law, haven't we? Because otherwise you won't know what the right thing is. Hold that thought because we're going to come on to that in just the next passage in Galatians. So in two weeks' time, We'll come back and we'll look at just that very, uh, that very thing. But I just want this week, um, or the next next couple of weeks, I'd just like you to be f- reflecting on those five little words. Faith, expressing itself through love. And I think, what a lovely description of the Christian life. And what I'd like us to do over the coming, uh, over the coming week is to be thinking How can we put that into practice this week? How does my faith find expression in love? How how does my faith in God, my trust in his grace, find that expression in loving others? How can we put that into practice? And maybe let's be thinking about that and praying about that and asking God to help us for our faith to to find that expression in love. So let's take a moment to, to pray now and ask for God's help. As we, uh, as we, we, seek to obey His word, Heavenly Father, we thank You that the, the only thing that does count is faith expressing itself through love, and we pray that You would help us to know what that means for us this week, to be able to not be slaves to the law, but to to, um, to love others for that faith in and trust in You, and in Your grace. To find expression in the way that we love, in the way that we love each other, in the way that we love others. We pray that you would help us to grow in that and know what that means for us in the coming days. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.